Thank you for listening. You're listening to Medicine Remix. Thank you for calling the Medicine Remix hotline. Please leave. Message! At the sound of the beep. Thank you. Hey, yo, Reese, bro. It's no show. Uh, yeah, man. My biggest thing is plantar fasciitis. You know, I'll be real quick with it. That's one of the things I've been looking into for a long time. But, uh, yeah, man, whenever you got time, just let me know. Uh, once you're about to air it, that's cool. Um, I'll be looking out for it as well. So I uh, appreciate the call back, man, and I uh, hope everything is blessed for you on this beautiful day. I'm not sure where you're at on the map, but today here in Atlanta, Georgia, it is hot and it is pollinated. So take care of yourself, bro, and uh, take care of your family as well. Peace, man. What it do, Medicine Remix crew? It's your boy, Reesh. Welcome to another installment of Ask Medicine Remix, where we answer your call-in medical questions. So big ups to Mr. No Show for his question about plantar fasciitis. I'm definitely going to be the one fielding this question since it's related to my medical specialty of orthopedic surgery. So to first break down the term plantar fasciitis, plantar refers to the bottom of the foot, and fasciitis refers to swelling or inflammation of what is known as the plantar fascia, which you can think of as a thin saran wrap-like layer of connective tissue that supports the arch of your foot and basically connects the calcaneus, aka your heel bone, to your toes. Plantar fasciitis is a relatively common condition. It affects both men and women equally and tends to show up most commonly between the ages of 40 to 60. Uh It typically presents as sharp heel pain, often first thing in the morning, getting out of bed. And a lot of patients prefer to walk on their toes for the first few steps when getting out of bed. The pain typically gets better as you walk, but then increases again with increasing activity, and it can be at its worst at the end of a long day of standing. And it's common to have symptoms on both heels. While things like obesity and diabetes and people with relatively sedentary lifestyles increase the likelihood that you develop this condition, so does spending a lot of time on your feet and performing high-level athletic feats like dancing and running. Overdoing activities like these can definitely place the plantar fascia under tension every time the foot hits the ground as the body weight is loaded through the leg and can cause tiny tears in that plantar fascia where it originates on the heel bone and every step tugs it further, which weakens those already damaged tissue fibers. The result is pain that is nothing less than excruciating, as you can imagine. Both ends of the foot architecture spectrum, from flat feet to high arches, can potentially predispose you to plantar fasciitis. When you examine someone with plantar fasciitis, patients are typically tender right at the inner portion of the heel at a little bony bump called the medial tuberosity of the calcaneus. So basically, the inside portion of your heel. And flexing the toes and the foot towards the ceiling, which in medical speak is known as dorsiflexion, will increase the tenderness of that medial tuberosity when you push on it. Typically, patients with plantar fasciitis will have a very tight 
Achilles tendon and will therefore have limited range of motion at the ankle as a result. As far as imaging for plantar fasciitis, usually x-rays are not necessary and will often be normal. An MRI is probably only useful if surgery is considered for this condition, which is not very often, thankfully. Yeah. Usually the first line of treatment for plantar fasciitis is non-operative, meaning no surgery. That treatment includes pain control with non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen, aka Advil, Motrin, or naproxen, aka Aleve. Outside of medication, things like splinting and therapy in the form of an eight-week stretching program are the mainstays of treatment. And we'll have a link in the show notes to show you the most effective stretching program for this condition. Things like corticosteroid or cortisone injections are not usually a good look for this condition because it can actually lead to destroying the fat pad around your heel. Oh God. And it can also rupture the plantar fascia itself, believe it or not. So in other words, don't fuck with steroid injections for this condition in most cases. <laughs> Things like foot orthotics can be helpful in the form of a cushioned heel insert or a prefabricated shoe insert. Yeah. Custom orthotics really are not necessary. In fact, prefabricated shoe inserts that you could get over the counter have been shown to be way more effective than custom orthotics in relieving symptoms when used in combination with an Achilles and plantar fascia stretching program. In some cases, things like splints that you wear at night and or a walking cast for two to three months can be helpful for chronic plantar fasciitis. Symptoms can often take up to six months or a year to resolve and surgical release of the plantar fascia should be reserved for those rare cases that just don't get better with these conservative treatments. That being said, over 90% of patients get better with non-surgical management of plantar fasciitis. Specifically, a plantar fascia-specific stretching program has been shown to have the highest patient satisfaction after eight weeks, provided that you actually do the fucking stretches. Listen, nobody likes to stretch, but if you want to get better without being cut open, suck it up for two months and do these stretches. Oh, okay. The plantar fascia exercises recreate what's known as the windless mechanism of the foot and achieves tissue tension through a controlled stretch of the plantar fascia. So a windless mechanism is basically the tightening of a rope or cable. And so the plantar fascia simulates a cable attached to the heel and the joints in your toes, known as the metatarsophalangeal joints. There was a biomechanical study done recently of foot loading in live human subjects, and it was found that hamstring tightness could also predispose the foot to development of plantar fasciitis. Yes, you are tight like a tiger. (laughs) So a good rule of thumb is to stretch the shit out of your muscles and strengthen the shit out of muscles around your joints as your long-term strategy for getting old. You won't regret it. Trust me. One other alternative treatment for plantar fasciitis that can be tried for cases lasting longer than six months, especially when you need some other last resort before surgery, is something called extracorporeal shockwave therapy, which has been approved by the FDA for plantar fasciitis. And basically, extracorporeal shockwave therapy is the same thing that they use to break up kidney stones. Kidney stones! And basically, it's an externally applied, focused, high-intensity 
high-intensity acoustic pulse, typically done under sedation or anesthesia, in order to help patients remain still and reduce possible discomfort. Again, it's largely used for kidney stones and gallstones, but it's also used as a second-line measure to treat things like tennis elbow, rotator cuff pain, and plantar fasciitis that did not respond to other conservative treatments. Patients typically get better by up to six months after this treatment, if it works, of course. Finally, the absolute last resort is surgery if plantar fasciitis symptoms don't get better after a year. It can be done either arthroscopically, meaning surgery through tiny incisions and a tiny camera with tiny instruments through those tiny incisions, releasing the plantar fascia. Or it can be done in an open fashion, which means through a larger incision. And this is usually recommended when you have something called tarsal tunnel syndrome in conjunction with plantar fasciitis. And tarsal tunnel syndrome is basically like carpal tunnel syndrome in your foot where a nerve is being compressed and basically it needs to be freed up to breathe. But as far as the plantar fascia part of the surgery, basically the inside one third to two thirds of the plantar fascia is released. You never wanna release the entire thing because it can actually destabilize the arch in your foot and cause the outside of your foot to get overloaded which is definitely not a good look and will lead to a whole different kind of pain that you don't want to be dealing with. Uh -uh. Success rates for this surgery are anywhere from 70 to 90%, but like any surgery, there's always risks, injury to nerves, destabilizing the arch and overloading the outside of your foot if the plantar fascia ruptures, like I mentioned, and uh, you may have no improvement in pain. And of course, there's always a small risk of bleeding and infection, which is the case in any surgery. One notable person who has both dealt with plantar fasciitis and underwent surgery for it is Major League Baseball superstar Albert Pujols, who dealt with this condition for about nine years before finally deciding to go under the knife in late 2016 to release the plantar fascia of his right foot. To give those of you listening who don't have plantar fasciitis an idea of how painful it is, Albert Pujols very famously told USA Today that you almost want to pee in your bed rather than walk to the bathroom because of how painful plantar fasciitis is, especially in the morning. The pain got so excruciating that Pujols eventually couldn't even play the field and was reduced to a designated hitter. He was sidelined for about four months after his surgery, and although his career has been relatively solid after returning to Major League Baseball, he hasn't reached the level he was at during the first decade of his career. Very possible that plantar fasciitis is the reason he hasn't gotten back to that level of play. So, Mr. No Show and anybody else out there dealing with plantar fasciitis, hope this information was useful. Feel free to call in on Anchor or hit us up on Twitter to ask any follow-up questions. The punchline for plantar fasciitis is if you can do this dedicated stretching program for about two months, the majority of patients will get better. Uh Hopefully that is the case for you. Much love for the questions and your attention as always. You're listening to the one and only Medicine Remixed. I got questions. Medicine Remixed. This is probably one of the hardest things to do, and that's ask for help. We need your help. On any front, asking for help medically i don't need therapy asking for help life-wise need help. Need help now. asking for help supporting medicine remix 
I guess it's all uncomfortable. Ah. No easy way to do it until now. The folks over at Anchor have decided to unveil something that we think is pretty dope. Ladies and gentlemen, it's called listener support. And the way it works is you go to anchor.fm slash medicine remixed, and it'll take you to our page. There's a support button, click on it, follow what it says, and bam, you have now donated the vital blood to this organism that it needs to keep on pumping. Thanks for listening. Medicine Remix.